But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Hi, this is Steve, and welcome back to another new Press On. This is called The Calling. In the Gospel of Matthew, we are told of an event that reveals the playbook of how Jesus will get the good news of the gospel out to the world, beginning with the local community. His tools, 12 uneducated, unrefined commoners and simple men of faith. They were the commonest of the common. They were from rural areas, farmers and fishermen. It gets worse. Matthew was seen as filth among people, classified as the lowest of the low for working alongside the Romans and collecting taxes. And at the time, being under Roman rule was the most hated thing of all. What we know is that Jesus purposely passed over the elite, the aristocratic, religious professionals, and influential men of society, and chose men from the dregs of the culture. That's how God has always worked throughout the course of history. He exalts the humble and lays low those who are proud. Yes, I read this story found in Matthew 10. There are a few things that strike me. One, Jesus gives these uneducated and unrefined commoners authority, the authority of God. The scripture says that Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Secondly, he sends them out with only the clothes on their back. It says in verse 10, Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or staff. The orders were clear. Don't go alone. You've been delegated incredible authority and take nothing with you but the clothes on your back. You will need to depend fully on the Lord. Jesus sends out the commonest of the common, filth among people, classified as the lowest of the low, to do his work. I can only imagine the shock, fear, and sense of inadequacy they felt. Yet the Bible makes no mention either of them refusing to go because they lacked education, titles, or credentials. So the question arises, why today does it seem that Christian ministry has become a culture of professionals only? Around the time of Constantine, we began to see what men do best, build religious systems. Within that system emerged a professional class of clergy. Up to that time, the early church was laity-led with a horizontal leadership structure rather than a vertical one. There was no hierarchy except that it was well known that Christ was the head of the church. Frank Viola writes in his book, Pagan Christianity, this, Clergymen received the same honors as the highest officials of the Roman Empire, and even the emperor himself. In fact, Constantine gave the bishops of Rome more power than he gave Roman governors. He also ordered that clergy receive fixed annual allowances, including an exemption from paying taxes, which is actually still observed today in the form of a man's allowance. 
In time, clergy was given a special social class status that raised them above the commoners, granting them privileges and powers. This status change further distanced them from those whom they were called to serve. No wonder there was a surge in those claiming they were being called into the ministry at the time. With all those privileges, who wouldn't want to be called? Sadly, we still see a resemblance of these structures and, in fact, attitudes today. As a young man in Christ, I wrestled with whether I was being called into the ministry. My heart ached day and night, yet it was communicated to me in direct and indirect ways that unless I quit what I was doing, and I enjoyed what I was doing, and get a theological degree or enter into an extensive training program, I more than likely was not being called into full-time ministry. I came to believe that my calling was predicated on having the appropriate letters behind my name through a professional degree or have a title or license that declared me fit to do the Lord's work. Otherwise, I would be relegated to being a helper to the professionals only. I recall some years ago, my wife and I took a job part-time as a youth director at a Reformed church. It was our first experience working in the church. They made it clear that I was only to be called a director because I lacked the education to receive the title of pastor. We didn't care. We just wanted to hang out with a bunch of church kids. About a year into my employment, I was asked to do a sermon on Youth Sunday. I had some decent speaking skills, but my sermon, however, would be scrutinized and managed by the senior pastor. I was teachable and willing to learn this side of the ministry, and I looked forward to being taught. And things went well. After the message, some parents approached me and expressed their thanks and encouragement for a job well done. Yet what I remember the most is what the senior pastor and one of the elders said. That in short, they said, nice job, but too bad it doesn't count because you don't have the right qualifications. That was another reminder that to matter, at least by man's standards, to do the Lord's work, I needed the right credentials. Some years later, while working at another church, I would fill in from time to time doing the sermon. As the church grew and the stage grew, what seemed to happen over time resembled a form of entertainment. I remember being approached by the gentleman they had hired to lead the worship and the music team telling me something that kind of stuck out. He said, I had the technical skills to do the sermon, but I lacked stage presence or theatrical skills. I just shrugged it off. Jesus' disciples turned apostles were today's blue-collar workers, the kind that stand out in social gatherings because their clothes aren't quite in fashion and there's grease beneath their fingernails. They take showers when they get home rather than in the morning. Their vocabulary is not up to speed with the educated or those enlightened by the culture of social media, and they know it, so they seek to hang out with their own. It's much safer there. They are usually sentenced at a church to the parking lot ministry, driving buses or emptying trash cans, yet they never hesitate to do what they're asked. That day, when Jesus sent out the twelve, they went. None refused to go. None complained that they lacked the appropriate religious degrees or certifications, 
titles, or positions. None of them ask for a salary, housing allowance, book allowance, travel allowance, mail allowances, or yes, a man's allowance, that's tax break. None of them asked if they could take a three to six month sabbatical once they returned so they could rest. They just went. It's my opinion that the growing culture of professional Christians has done little more than atrophy the body of Christ. Like myself, many believe that the best they can do is serve the professionals and help them be successful. They have, through body language and words from the pros, come to believe that not only are they not qualified, they may not even be called. That, however, is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is not the truth. I know and hang out with a group of men who touch people's lives 24-7. By working along with them in the sewers, car garages, farm fields, prisons, and construction sites, some have jobs that call them to see the worst in people and their violence. In their world, if you talk about Christ, you could be written up or barraged by a string of filthy language. Yet through quiet perseverance and love, they weave themselves into others' lives with the message of hope. They invite co-workers into their homes for chips and salsa. They quietly listen as one of them shares their broken heart or takes one of them to the hospital in the early morning hours because of chest pains. They talk rough, and they don't wear collars or carry fancy backpacks. They don't like the spotlight. They work and cry silently without fanfare, and they will never be celebrated because they are not professionals, and they are secure in who they are. When you look into the wrinkled eyes, they look tired and worn, but you know they've got your back. You won't know what these people have done until they've passed from this earth and you sense a massive void. These are the only kind of people that God has used throughout history and will always use. Their rewards will never be seen on this earth, nor do they seek them out, but without question, They are awaiting them in heaven. They are not the professionals, but the Lord knows who they are and loves them so. It is a privilege to walk with them. These are the warriors of God. So if you're wondering if you've been called, the answer is yes. For all those who have declared that Jesus is Lord and he lives in your hearts, indeed you've been called, and yes, it is full time. There is much, much more to be said about this, but until we meet again, this is Steve, and I encourage you to press on. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Jesus.